And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We've got your Hawks Bucks Eastern Conference Finals Game 4 action all covered. I'm Dave DeFore. I'm joined as I am every single week on those Wednesday mornings uh, by Mo DeKeel. What's up, Mo? Oh, not a whole lot, Dave. Uh, just another wild night in the NBA playoffs. Well, you know, look, you and I found out Trey Young was going to miss this game, and we started texting immediately. And I said, all right, Mo, we may be able to have an early night tonight. This is going to be a blowout. This is, you know what, Milwaukee, this one's on us. <laughs> it is. This it's one's on fault. us. We and, and you know what? We should know better, Dave. Nothing has gone according to plan at all in these playoffs. And it didn't go according to plan tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's just just throw that out there right now. No Trey Young. And honestly, Mo, it was no problem for Atlanta. They came out of the gate just, I mean, just with steam coming out of their face. I mean, they, they were just absolutely intense. And it showed, man. It, it was They were on fire. I mean, look, they held Milwaukee to 38 points at the half. You know, and and they had forty nine, or, or, or I'm sorry, fifty one. Excuse me. They they came out literally looking for a fight, and the Bucks thought, "Hey, no Trey Young, we're going to be able to roll." This happens a lot to teams, you know. And, and you let down when when somebody's not, you know, the, the star player isn't there. He's not going to be there. You find out two or three hours before the game. It's almost human nature. You kind of let off a little bit, but man. The Hawks came out swinging. It wasn't even close. I believe they won this game wire to wire. Like it was the way they kind of just came out, took over and, and, and stepped up in a way, Dave, where it was just like, listen, we're going to make shots and we're going to defend our asses off. Yeah, they got a 13 point lead in that first half, held the Bucks to just 38 first half points. I mean, the defense for the Hawks is not the first thing that we would ever bring up in a conversation about this team. But I have to say that like the games that they're winning in the playoffs has very much been about the way that they're defending. And this was this was no different, man. I, I thought that they were excellent at staying home when they needed to stay home. It was just smart, smart, tough defense. And it was just aggressive. They were into you. The the play where where Cam Rad or Cam Cam Radish, jeez, I I made him a vegetable. Cam <laughs> Cam Reddish pokes the ball away from Middleton like he's up in Middleton. You know, there's no room for him. You know, and 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 just so many plays like that, doing a great job. You know, showing a a, a wall to Giannis, which is the first time in the series they've kind of built a wall. You know, I, I thought overall in the first half, just everything was going. I was watching it going like, wow. And then the other thing that's just disappointing, Dave, is like, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you got to look at this going like, this is our chance right now. Let's take control of this series. Let's go up 3-1. They don't have Trey Young. We took control last time. We can do it again. Let's go. And And, and they really just showed up very flat. I agree with that. And then worst case scenario happens in the third quarter. 
you know, the Bucks are fighting back. Giannis starts getting it going. And then there is a play at the basket. And Clint Capella lands a little bit awkwardly into Giannis's knee and actually hyperextends that knee. And look, he was down for, for a while. It looked bad on the replay. I mean, I, I mean, everyone here has either seen a hyperextended knee or seen that one, I'm assuming. Uh, it was really, really bad, Mo. And he somehow walked off the court. That's good news, I guess. Uh, we don't know. We won't know until we, uh, you know, we hear some reporting on that knee. But Mo, it's I'm not expecting him to be able to play in the next game. That that really looked awful. That looked really bad. I mean, I'm with you, Dave, and and, and his reaction to it and everything. It, it there there's no way to sugarcoat this. You know, and, and, and everybody's going to try. Oh, he came back to the bench and then he went back, you know, to the locker room and things like that, walking on it. We won't know really till, till we get the MRI results and things like that. And I think you and I are going to get it first, Dave. Um, I think we're going to get the MRI results before everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we're going to see, though, like what it goes. I don't think he's going to play game five. I'm not sure if Trey Young is going to play game five. But the big thing about that, though, Dave, was and we've seen this in other series. You know, that just took the wind completely out of the Bucks. You know, they they look shook after that. The Hawks went on a big run right after that, really kind of put the game away from there. And I mean, the the Bucks are going to be going back and having to search for answers now. Yeah, and I, I will say this, uh, you know, the rest of that third quarter, you're right. The the Bucks tried to come back. The the Hawks just really handled them. Or, or the the Bucks were kind of flat and the the Hawks just handled them. But then the Bucks did try to fight back. I be, I thought the beginning of the fourth, they had some things going. The Hawks did not care. It didn't matter. Like the Hawks are, are actually pretty good, and everyone on this team contributed. Clint Capella had 15, uh, Lou Williams with 21, Bogdanovich with 20, Herter with 15, Cam Reddish with 12 off the bench, Gallinari with 10 off the bench, and every single guy on this team that touched the ball was doing good stuff for them, and it didn't matter down the stretch. Every single guy that touched the basketball was able to do something with it. The Bucks didn't have enough juice on the defensive end down the stretch either. Yeah, no, I mean, all of it, you know, and, and Giannis is such an important piece to both sides of the ball. It's a it's a big uh, loss for the the Bucks to try to have to figure out. But, yeah, we also got to go back to the Hawks. Like, on way you gave them great minutes in the first half, you know, and, and, and did some great stuff on offense and defense. Reddish with 12, like, you know, uh, this was a team win if you're the Hawks. Like, you got to feel confident and feel really good about everything going into game five if you're the if you're the Hawks feeling like hey man like we can do this again and this team's cocky enough got the swagger got all that stuff that I really feel like they could and if you told them hey we're not going to have Trey for game five they're gonna be like that's fine we're good we just roll with what we got and I think a lot of that comes from Nate McMillan kind of setting everything up This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. All right, Mo, we've got game six coming up in the Western Conference Finals. Look, we we thought that the Suns were going to wrap this thing up in five. 
Uh, it did not work out that way. What in the heck has happened with the Suns? Why did they go away from what was working so well in those first two games and not nearly as well the last three? I can't put my finger on the difference, Mo, but they've gone away from that effective game plan of the first two games into something else that's not working. Yeah, well, you're, you you know when you're hinting at it and you're playing the game, but it's Chris Paul, right? And and we've we're, the numbers are out there with the offensive rating when he wasn't there was around 120. When he has been, it's around 97. But here's the thing, and 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 one thing before we even get into the the details of everything. Also, we made an assumption there. This is the rule for the rest of the playoffs, Dave. It's true. No more assumptions. That's true. it. We're done. No more assumptions. You make an assumption, it's guaranteed to be wrong. Phoenix, that one's on Dave and I. And again, when Zubach, when I heard the news Zubach was out, I was like, oh, this is probably going to be a blowout. It, 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 this is the theme, folks. No assumptions playoffs. That's the rule here on out. Um but to the technical aspect of it, I think the Clippers have done a great job with how they're defending the pick and roll. You, you know, they basically have taken the other three guys out. We're going to play this two on two. We're going to, whether it's Chris Paul or Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton setting the screen, it's only going to be you guys involved in the action. We're not going to open up opportunities for kickouts and things like that. I think they've done a great job sort of the big kind of being up a little bit to discourage the mid-rangers or even when they've had to switch eat up space so that Paul and Booker don't have as much room to get into their mid-range shot or feel comfortable when they're getting it off and and they're doing a good job on DeAndre and kind of taking the lobs away but I also think the Suns got to do a better job with their pick and rolls they got to make it easier for eight in the roll, less cross backs, find opportunities so that he can just roll straight to the rim. And that would put more pressure on the Clippers defense. Well, you know, I, I thought that they were giving up driving lanes in, in the last game in order to snake back into the middle of the paint. I mean, clearly the, the scouting report is get to the middle, get to the middle and make a decision. But I, I'm with you, Mo. I think you've got to actually start running this stuff for eight. And especially if Zubac isn't out there, feed that guy like he should have 30 paint points. In the right. next game. And, 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 and it's not, and we're not talking post touches. No, right. We're literally just talking like set him up, get opportunities into the rim, into the paint, at least get him in position so that he can get offensive rebounds, you know, and that was a big part with how he scored so far in this series just wasn't there in game five. And I think when you're looking ahead to game six, it's, it's along those lines of they got to really kind of find that juice again, but it's, I'll be honest, it's been the last three games it's felt this way with their pick and rolls, and they've been going to it over and over again and not really being as productive. Well, let me ask you specifically about their pick and rolls. I mean, do you feel like they need to maybe get into more double drags, uh, run some of that very effective Spain pick and roll that has actually been fantastic for them? They, they've gone away from that largely the last few games. Do you think that's something that we need to see an uptick in? Yeah, just that stuff. Even just simple actions. Just screen Aiton's man before Aiton goes to set the screen. Like, just the simplest things. Run one small action before going into the pick and roll, even. Double drags. Uh, running a, a, a double DHO. You know, a, a handoff, you know, off of a pin down and things. Like, just mix these things up a little bit. Because right now, defensively for the Clippers, it's like, look, we know what's coming for about, you know, 95% of the possessions. We just got to figure out the other five We're we'll be fine, you know, and, and give, give the Clippers credit too, for showing up with a ton of fight and urgency. 
Absolutely. And and it shows the danger of a team that has a lot of guys who are similarly sized and can switch like they can. And and they're also, even their smaller guys are sneaky tough. I mean, you get Patrick Beverly on a switch and you've got a little bit of an advantage. Well, you know he's going to foul the living hell out of you the entire time you got the ball, and he may not get called for it. The Clippers are going to take advantage of that whenever possible. Like, you know... They're fouling early and often, and if everything's a foul, everything can't get called. And and Patrick Beverly has been a prime example of that. And I think that you know he's kind of fooled the Suns a little bit on some of these switches. Yeah, and I think that's been a a, a big part of it too. You know, he's done a great job on Booker and in defending him and, and hassling CP. I mean, Beverly's a pest. At the end of the day, that's just what he is, and 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 we've all known this about him in the league. So. I think it's it's interesting to see how this goes on. But I'm I'm not too worried about the Suns yet. But it's, it's all going to be about how they start game six, Dave. If, if, if they start out a little bit slow or things like that, that's just going to let the Clipper wave go. And, and, and hey, man, this is a different Clippers team than the ones we've seen in years past. Yeah, and that game six will be tonight, and we're ready to watch it. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Don't forget about all the pods we've got over at The Athletic. If you haven't already subscribed, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and sign up now. Thank you guys for waking up with us as you always do. Mo, take it away. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.